0: This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to Stephen Howland, Michael Krug, Kevin Hall, and Russell Belfer, who came together as the mighty four horsemen under the management of J.J. Dillon, capturing all of the titles in the WCW circa 1977. If you haven't heard of them, shame on you. This one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers,
1: and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later.
2: Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. on, On the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast.
1: I'm Matthew I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, podcast, podcasts, podcast, pod, 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 podcasts. podcast, podcast, The
2: Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air.
1: Welcome, everyone, to issue 407 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you can join us no matter where you are or when you are. Or who you are. Or Or what you you are. are. Well, maybe what you
0: are. Or why you are. Or which you are. This weekend, depending (laughs) on if
1: you're listening, May 5th, this is like an incredibly huge weekend. Cinco de Mayo. Not only do we have free comic book day going on, we've got Cinco de Mayo. We have the release of the new Magic the Gathering card set that came out this week. Uh Uh, We've got the Avengers movie that came out. Then yesterday on the on the 4th, we had the uh, Star Wars celebration. May the 4th be with you. Oh, Jesus. No, really, that's it. <laughs> I, I,
0: that's not even a thing. It is a
1: thing. It is not a thing. It is. It is made up. <laughs> well, it's made up and millions of people do it.
0: Well, uh, if millions of people jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge talking like a pirate on September 29th?
1: I know that on May 5th every year I head down to my store with millions of other people around the country and pick up free comics as free part of comics. Free Comic Book Day. Now uh we're recording this a bit early. Yep. But uh I do have in my grubby little paws, grubby. <laughs> grubby and they are grubby. I have <coughs> all <coughs> of the uh I have all the physical copies of the Free Comic Book Day comics given away this year that uh Diamond uh comic distributor sent.
3: Whoa. Do and you have that hardcover mouse guard?
1: Yes, I do. And it's too bad that you decided to uh, to record remotely this week because I was going to sit you down and have you read this. I am really suppressed, uh, impressed that Arkea put together a little small hardbound collection of uh, Mouse Guard and some of their other tales, uh, Dapper Man and some of this other stuff. And this little bound collection, that's mm-hmm. really, really nice. I bet it's only got probably about 25, 30 pages in the whole book. Um, but still... Nice. For kids? Wow. Neat. Uh, I, I like it. I really like that. Uh, from, that's from Archaea. Then, there's the new 52, and we find out more about Pandora that we've learned before, and we even pick up the uh, the big uh, cross-story event that's going to happen next year. And since this releases on uh, Friday slash Saturday, I can mm-hmm. reveal it to be the Trinity of Sin. Oh! <sighs> I'm sorry. Coming next year, Trinity war. I think have, I saw uh, the
0: Trinity of sin dance at a place called the yes. uh, flash dancers in Jersey. Yes. Trinity
1: of war coming next year. Uh, so that's going to be kind of a teaser right there. Plus it's got a little quick look at dial H mm-hmm. and uh, Batman ink in there as well. Oh, earth two and the other ones that came out this week. So that's kind of in there. Uh, we've got, uh, I don't know, the list goes on and on. Donald Duck Family, we've got Transformers, we've got Sound Like the Hedgehog, we've got the uh, Dark Horse Serenity Firefly slash Star Wars Flipbook. 12 Gauge Comics, a, a, a small independent group, uh, actually has a free comic book day uh, title. Uh, Auntie, um, My Favorite Martian, Spider-Man, of course, is a big free comic book day. Kid's um, comic special, who put this one out? Uh, Anna and Froga. Sounds like... Uh, Russian corruption right there. Superman Family Adventures, Mega Man. The list goes on and on. Smurfs, a lot of kid-oriented stuff. Ooh, even Blue Water has that new uh, Burt Ward Boy Wonder comic that they're giving away. Wow. Oh, and then the one that I roll my eyes with every other year, Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, they sent along the uh, free Comic Book Day t-shirt as well, and that features the uh, Jim Lee art this year uh, of the new 52 uh, Justice League. And the first words out of my son's mouth was, like, cool. And the shirt even impressed the hell out of my wife. She liked it so much. She's like, wow, wow I know what I'm going to be wearing. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. So uh, it is a cool shirt indeed. But uh, free comic book day, Matthew. This is something that you as a <clears throat> comic book store and maybe you as an employee uh, deal with every year. Uh, one of the nice things, and, and and the thing that needs to be made clear, and if you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's past Saturday, then it's too late. Right. Um, every store deals with free comic book day a little differently. Uh, I've been at some stores where they're just like, there they are, help yourself, one per customer. Uh, yep. I've been to our Hastings where it's like, last year I think there were 14 books and it was like seven per customer. And so right. I was a customer and my son was a customer. And so we got Hooray! all of them that way. Uh, then I've been to stores where you have to have a minimum purchase, like buy $5, get a free comic of right. your choice from the table. And then others where they charge 10 cents
0: per book. Um, See, that's kind of not really in the spirit for
1: yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, to buy something to get something free is not in the spirit. And the charging even something five or 10 cents is to yeah. me not in the spirit of Free Comic Book Day. But how does Gatekeeper well, Comics and Hobbies, Huntune and Gage deal with Free Comic Book Day?
0: Well, let's, let's make one thing clear. And I've actually stated this before, I believe last year and maybe the year before. Right. Free comic book day is free, is free to us (laughs) as the uh, people who are shut up. I got the hiccups. All right. It happens. My breathing is out of sync. So it's free to us. It is not free to the retailers. Right. There is a charge and it's. It's not the full two ninety nine one ninety nine, but you are in fact purchasing a certain number of books. Do you know the do last? You,
1: do you know what the cost is to get the books? Are they a penny a piece? Um, or?
0: I believe it's in the neighborhood of fifty cents the last time I checked. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, but here's the thing: different retailers uh, participate at different levels. Right. There's the basic level, um, that the the gold level where you just get the the big books from the Marvel, the DC, the right. Dark Horse, you know, right. the people. There are people who have all the books. Right. The last few years, we have been kind of a medium tier. So we, we had the Silver. Archie book. We had, you know, the the DC. Marvel's books last, the last two years have been smaller than mm-hmm. usual comic size. Yeah. They're like mini They've comics. Been cut. Yeah. But, you know, we have like the Owlies and your Archies and, you know, this stuff from uh, Oni Press. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually haven't seen what we have this year. My daughter has because she came to pick me up from work on Sunday, and she's like, <gasps> "Free comics!" She didn't hiccup. <laughs> did I you need hiccup.
1: to take a drink or something. I don't have a drink. Now. Okay,
0: so we're just gonna deal with it. But um, I can talk around the hiccups. I did this on a call the other day. I had an escalated call, and the lady was so busy laughing at me hiccuping, she didn't remember that I didn't give her ninety eight dollars. So remember that when you call into tech support, ladles and jelly spoons. But. Um, we participated this year, I believe at, at one level deeper than we did the year before. So in the past, I believe it's between, it's between two and three comics per person. Mm -hmm. We don't require a purchase, Mm -hmm. but it's always nice to make a purchase because again, the retailers are not working for free on this. They are actually paying for the stock. We're getting more traffic, but there's nothing more frustrating than the people who literally show up once a year. Right. In well, I was going to say,
1: have you guys been able to track um, long-term? And granted, I know that 1,000 people are going to come to the store today, Saturday, and right. they're they're there to get the free comic books. Of right. those 1,000 people that come into the store, and I'm just using that as an imaginary number. If you get 1,000 people coming into the store, more power to you. But of the 1,000 people that come into the store, how what percentage would you guesstimate – and this is just a guess – that actually buy other merchandise in the store while they are there.
0: Twenty to forty percent. Wow, that's good. That's I would really say good. that, um, and probably half of those will will put themselves on some sort of recurring order, whether they mm-hmm. want to buy, you know, comics or. Sure. A lot of people come in; they'll set up a pull list. Now, some people don't necessarily keep their pull list up. Well, forever. and
1: so that's that was my next question: is of the thousand people that come in, how many okay. become recurring, regular recurring people?
0: I would say that in the last few years, probably 5 to 10% of the people who show up on Comic Day come back on a relatively regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, three to four, I would say three to five times a year is what I would call is at least, you know, a regular. recurring okay. basis.
1: So then maybe your 10% store...
0: come back every month, but a lot of those kind of flame out and then Come back next free comic book. Day. So
1: in your store, you're probably looking at maybe 10 new customers a year from free comic book day. Oh,
0: regulars. Well, free I, I, comic book day sales mm-hmm. do tend to be some, somewhere in the neighborhood of double to triple an average Saturday. OK, and that's your busiest day of the week or Wednesday. Saturday tends to be our busiest day of the week in terms of foot traffic. Turn- traffic. Okay. We may actually make more sales some Wednesdays and Thursdays. Okay, fair enough. Right, but I would say that yeah, I would say probably 10 to 25 people as, you know, recurring customers out of maybe the 100 150 200. Last year we actually had a big to do with a television oh, cool. station there and a, a live remote and all all hell broke loose. It was a cool. big Big
1: so then in your estimation from the other side of the counter, not the customer side of the counter, but for the retailer right. side of the counter, yes, free comic book day has a positive impact on your bottom line.
0: I would say yes, but that impact can vary greatly depending on, you know, where you're located. I think I think that we've had better free comic book day response in our new location then in our old one, which oddly enough was right near the college. Right. But I think also that's, you know, well, partly a level of participation. Mm-hmm. People want to come in and pick up free stuff. And a lot of the people, I'd say probably half the people buy something, you know, out of g- guilt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's just something, you know, silly, like here's something out of the 50 cent bin or here's a book that my son saw on the wall or the guy who came in the other day. And he was like, "Is a free golly book day. I said, No. He's like, is the first appearance of Venom going to be free? (laughs) I said, probably not. Uh, But I'll be happy to sell you one for (laughs) $8.99.
1: Our friend Jason has a a free comic book day promo that he put up. uh, Created himself just to promote uh, free comic book day. We have it up on the Majorspoilers.com website uh, where there's a guy that's like, hey, look at all these free comics. And has like giant marvel you know omnibus collections and and trade paperbacks and he's like they're all free and it's like no 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 let us explain how free comic book day works so um so yeah well
0: there are people who believe they can just walk in find a book in the store and that could be their free comic yeah
1: rodrigo are you a big fan of free comic book day is this where you get your yearly supply of comics
3: uh this is where i get my yearly supply of comics to give to my nephews oh
1: there you go because um, one of the nice things about Free Comic Book Day is that it's not just the New 52 or Image Comics or um, uh, Worlds of Aspen. You've got Peanuts.
0: X-Men versus You've Avengers. got Mega
1: Man. You've got uh-huh. Yo Gabba Gabba. You've got uh, Barnaby and Mr. O'Malley. Uh, uh, super, like Superman, Family Adventures, Howard Cruz. Uh, man, there's a lot of children's books that are uh-huh. on this list. And my son loves it, too, because remember the first year we took him to free comic book day. He got so wound up and we just, I think we went down to Wichita to do it because Hastings wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And he got so wound up over free comic book day. He came home, laid down with all of his comic books around him, read one and promptly fell asleep on the floor. Nice. So, and, and how do your nephews deal with free comics?
3: Well, uh, they have to wait until I'm home to, to get them because there are no more comic book stores around oh, the no. place where my, uh, where they and, and, my parents live. Um, and my sister and they, so usually sometime around the holidays, I come in and I give them all these com, well, first I give them to my sister to approve. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the ones that she's okay with me showing them, then I give it to them. And, you know, I don't, uh, I wait either, I either do it before Christmas or I wait until after Christmas because it feels a little lame to give it to them as Christmas presents. Right, I mean, they right. wouldn't know the difference, but, right. um, that way they get to, we get to spread out the fun. And then I sit around and I read it to them lately, usually in, in, you know, the past couple of years, it's only been to the oldest because the, littlest one just kind of gets antsy and wants to run around and do other things mm-hmm. um, but I think it's getting to the point where both of them will enjoy sitting down and, and reading comics.
1: I uh, had to have a hands-off approach to this stack until I've had a chance to review them and read them for the website but uh, the boy is certainly and this and as I look through it I don't they didn't send all of them they sent uh, all most of the gold I think they sent a smattering of each. Because I did not get, again this year, Atomic Robo and Friends. Ah. That is like one of my must-have free comics. When I went last year, they were sold out. Somebody had already got all of them. And uh, I didn't get them this year from Diamond. Diamond, what are you doing? You're killing me. So overall, free comic book day, a good thing. Oh, I
3: think so. I, you know, it's, if nothing else, it's something that gets press and gets people to their comic book slash multimedia style stores. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets people going, whoa, I didn't know that we're still making, you know, Green Lantern comics. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it if nothing else, like, there's people out there who want to get back into comics or who wouldn't mind picking up a comic every once in a while. But they probably don't even know where the nearest comic book store is. Oh, yeah. At least the hype around Comic Book Day gets people – or Free Comic Book Day gets people thinking about it, talking about it, and going to the stores.
1: I think it's it's kind of hard at our Hastings to miss the comic book section. Yes. Um, we were at the store the other day, and my son and I go every week to, to the Hastings. And this past week we were walking. He's like, Dad, why does that big sign up there say comics? And there's a huge banner hanging from the ceiling above the comic section that says comics. So it's not like you can even miss it then. And, you know, I would say in that video game slash music section slash, um, you know, cheap toy, gimmicky toys, Mm -hmm. I would say well over a quarter of that space is devoted to comic books. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty good for our Hastings.
3: Uh, If you if you count trade paperbacks. Yeah. I would say you know a good sixth of the store is devoted to comics, which is saying something.
1: And that's not even counting the kids' comics, which are over in the kids' right, com- uh, right. kids
3: book section. So,
1: Matthew, uh, free comic book day a good thing or just a big hassle for you guys?
0: Uh both. Okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> free comic book day free is kind of like sweeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is, and it's it's that moment where. It's finals week, really. You mm-hmm. you know that it's going to be nuts. You know that it's all going to be worth it once it's done. But, boy, when you work your way up to it, you just kind of want to punch somebody in the face. Yeah. Yep. Stopped hiccuping.
1: And, you know, Ah-ha! quite literally, uh, for many college students, it is the start of finals week. So, yay, celebration. That's, that's yeah. deep. Ogre. And I think this year, I think the uh, the big math final is given on Cinco de Mayo. So, good luck there, students.
3: <laughs> well, um, it would be worse if it was given on the sixth.
0: Yeah, that would
1: be bad. <laughs> uh question from the previous podcast, issue 406. Caller called in to ask, should every comic in an ongoing series be a jumping on point? And Stan Lee, when he was the big head honcho over at Marvel, that was kind of his, his shtick. He said every... Every comic is somebody's first comic, and so it should be approachable in a sense to where they should be able to get into it without a lot of drama and and you know having to go back and and find fifty other issues that may not even be around
0: anymore. Right?
1: Is that is that a is that a good? I mean, should every comic
0: be a jumping on point, Matthew? Well, it depends on what you mean by jumping on point. And I think what Stan really meant was each comic should be a complete reading experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had the immense pleasure over the last three weeks of getting a, a big box of Amazing Spider-Man. Basically, it's Amazing Spider-Man from issue 39 through issue 235.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I read a few of these, not necessarily the expensive ones, but... I read a few of these, and it reminded me of a time when each issue of a book was a self-contained story. It was a self-contained right. entity. Right. You'd open with, the amazing Spider-Man. He swings over the city, and this is his girlfriend. And oh, yeah, he's got these problems, see? And I don't know if that's Stan Lee or maybe, I don't know, Edward G. Robinson. But either way, what it broke down to was you could pick up Amazing Spider-Man 47, where he fights Craven the Hunter. And then, you know, bag and tag a bunch of books and then pick up Amazing Spider-Man number 96, where Harry Osborn has a Psycho Billy freak And each book was an individual experience. Sometimes it would have a to be continued heroes. Mm-hmm. But that would happen in such a way that you felt like you got a full experience. And one of my great complaints, and we talk about this and you'll hear this repeatedly on the podcast Uh, this is what, this is my issue three complaint is what I will generally say is that you get three or four issues into a six issue arc and pretty much everybody is writing in six issue arcs these days. Right. And it feels like we're in the middle chapter and nobody explains anything. I don't know who these people are. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. What's the deal with all the hammers and why is everybody speaking in runic? You know, you get to that point where the books are no longer written always with an expectation of is this going to be a single issue reading experience? I think that's one of the things that DC managed to do relatively well, a majority of the time in my experience with specifically the issue ones of the new 52 relaunch. Mm -hmm. Some of them were good issues. Some of them were good first issues. Most of them were good standalone issues. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the creators are getting away from that and the company specifically are getting away from that because of the emphasis on we're going to package and repackage, and people right. are waiting for the trade. So we're going to trade this in six months. But we're not necessarily thinking, is Fear Itself number five a good story? Fear Itself number five is a chapter in a larger story.
1: Rodrigo, what about you? Should every issue be a jumping on point? Should I be able to jump into issue? You know, four ninety four, and be able to enjoy it just as much as someone who's been reading the the previous one hundred issues.
3: Yeah, I, I think once again it it comes down to like Matthew said, it, it kind of depends what you mean by jumping on point. If you if if it means that the that individual issue, you can read it and get a complete story, at least a part of a story that is satisfactory out of it,
1: mm-hmm. then
3: yes. Um, but uh, as far as should every issue of every comic tell you every last thing that's been happening and everything that matters about the character, I I don't think so. I think that comics have moved past that. At least our, our, you know, mainstream comics at this point have moved past that, um, because it eats up space and it's space that you can use to tell a story. You know, if you tune into an episode of... 30 rock or, you know, whatever show you want. I don't know. The, the the ringer with Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know. I actually haven't seen a single episode of that show, but you know, (laughs) you, you, when you're watching TV, you don't expect episode 19 of season one to explain who the people are, even though it's the first season, even though you're not necessarily, well, by episode 19, you would be really far in and congratulations for making it that far on TV. Um, but, but, you know, people don't expect that. People are like, oh, well, I should go back and watch the first episode now that I find this interesting. Well, okay. So let me ask you then,
1: uh, I was taken by your review of, uh, Legend of Korra, Mm -hmm. right? The, the sequel to Avatar, Mm -hmm. but I haven't sat down to watch an episode yet because I'm too afraid that I'm going to have to know what has gone on in Avatar in order to appreciate and understand what's going on in Korra.
3: Um. No, I don't. I don't think you have to watch uh, the last Avatar: The Last Airbender series, right, to get what's going on with Korra, because you. They tell you everything in, in at the very beginning. They explain each of the elements, and they say only the Avatar can control all four elements and bring balance mm-hmm. to the world. <laughs> theme song. Okay. Um. And that's honestly Wait, at the that beginning. That's again? all you need to know. And they, <laughs> they explain everything as they go. Um, now I strongly, very strongly recommend that you go back and watch Avatar, The Last Airbender, because it's a fantastic show.
1: I think I've watched parts of it.
3: Um, and it's, you know, I mean, it's well, a, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a really good show. I, I would say go back and you know, watch it, but separate from that, you can watch Legend of Korra. Without having seen the original,
1: so I guess right now what's happening, Matthew, as we wait for the trade or write for the trade, mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man comes out three times a month,
0: S- seven times a week. Yes, there's an issue um, of Amazing every Spider-Man day. every time a man burps. Yes,
1: uh, so it comes out three times a week. All of and them And they up. they write towards that six issue arc for the most part, even though I don't know why they did that. Do that would mean that they've got a new trade paperback coming out. Every two months. Which they do. do. Um, But it seems that, in The Amazing Spider-Man's case, every two months we get a new story arc, and thus a new jumping-on point. Potential new jumping-on point. Because we're done with the Spider-War. Now we can start into Spider-Man in space. space! Or now we can start into the ends of the Earth. And I guess... In that sense, every time you start a new story arc, if it's advertised right, that potentially could be a great jump, could be a great jumping on point. Could be. On the other hand, you know, Marvel, I think, and and the reason why I just finally bit the bullet when Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos started writing Amazing Spider-Man was, I'm just going to bite the bullet and jump in, even though I kind of had a familiarity of what's going on. It's that first page, even though it's a waste of a page, some people will say, of previously in, and they give you the breakdown of what goes on. I honestly think that if more companies, if more publishers would do that in their books, then I think you would find it would be much easier for someone to pick up the book and and see what's going on.
0: Maybe, but I think there's also another thing in play here. And what we run into is a regular reader of Mm Spider-Man might actually, you know, and a lot of times the regular readers are the people that they're wanting to try and hang on to. Right. A lot of times you'll find those people are turned off by the I, I know, And, I, and I understand that. I mean, sometimes
1: that happens to me. I'll open up Amazing Spider-Man. It's like, why are you wasting me with this page from the Daily Bugle website? I don't want to read that. Give me the story. But yeah. then there's other times where it's like, man, I've been reading so much or my mind's just been so distracted by other things. I yeah. don't want to go back and dig that last issue out and find it, especially when it's the skip week. It's yeah. been two weeks since I read Amazing Spider-Man. I need that refresher, even as someone who is a semi-regular an old, an old reader man now. And with a, yeah, with a, with a, yeah, with never, a, with a I brain think disease.
0: A bigger question is not, should each comic be a good jumping on point? I think the question needs to be, what is a good jumping on point? Because I found the vast majority of the point one issues that are specifically de- designed by Marvel to be, quote Something unquote, happens. a good jumping on point mm-hmm. to be somewhat, how shall I put this delicately? Masturbatory in their efforts because they're this happened and this happened and then this happened. And now Iron Man is doing this. Whereas some of them, they actually went to the trouble of making this a, a new story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me is the question of what is it about our current comics writing that we have to create a special issue that allows the reader to have the slightest semblance of understanding of what in the blue hell is going on in the book. You know, why do we, What what is it about the current, you know, the styles, the writing, the editing, whatever it is, that requires us to, you know, give somebody that set point? Is it an audience expectation? Is it, people like me who are like i'm just gonna jump in anywhere and see if i like it is mm-hmm. it people like you who are like if i can't have issue one i don't know if i want to read yeah, it but it's not always that case with me but in most cases it is especially with trades yeah, the vast majority of the time yeah you know it, that's the problem you didn't read batman until you could get your hands on that detective 27 and yeah, that, that cost dollars in 1982
1: I dropped $10,000 so I could get on board with that.
0: Point of order in 1982, a (laughs) reprint of Detective Comics number 27 would have cost you five bucks, and it would have been 11 by 22. (laughs) But nonetheless, I think that there's something going on in the industry, and the industry is largely driven by two factors. One, um, that inertia of... We've fallen in after 70 and 80 years, we've fallen into a method of publishing that is the way it is because it's always been the way it is. And we do it like this because we've always done it like this. And we have always lived in the castle. And then the second factor is Diamond will distribute these books. And mm-hmm. they will put out the catalog precisely, you know, nine weeks in advance. Nine weeks in advance, you're supposed to know what's in the book. So you can have your solicits together and say, this happened and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that people will order the book so that nine weeks from now, they'll remember, oh, crap, did I order that? I don't want to read that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jumping on points, I think, are a natural outcropping of the, the twin engines of inertia and snark in that We get to a point where things keep going and things, you know, in the comics industry specifically, the distribution of comics is done the way it is, because if we change the way it's done, nobody will actually know how to do it. Yeah,
1: that's true. But I mean, you know, know, television shows, at least for me, are kind of the same way where if you were to tell me right now that I need to sit down and start watching Justified, uh I'm not going to enjoy the Justified experience. Why not? Because I don't really, it's going to take me too long to figure out what the oh, relationship you mean like is between the, you mean all the, the characters. latest
3: You mean the latest episode of Justified? Right. If you yeah. say, start there, mm-hmm. I'm going to go,
1: I don't know who these characters are, and I don't know what's going on, and it's confusing to me. And by the time that I've devoted five weeks into watching this show, trying to get on board with it, and trying to... Um, figure out you know, what the storyline and the, and the characters are, I may have lost interest. And for many people, yeah. that may be it. You may say, Matthew, just jump in in the deep end and, and yeah. swim through that Spider-Man-y goodness, uh, but some people aren't going to be able to do that. A lot of people are going to go, okay, I've devoted three months of my time or hopefully it's not that long for amazing Spider man but I've take that long
0: to read an issue of <laughs> spider man
1: i have taken a month of my time devoted to these three issues of spider man, and I don't know any more what's going on than I did you know three months you know three weeks ago ben. I just am not going to commit my time to this and i I can't if there was some way for me to get to get latched in on this, I might like it better and I but think that that's, that's I, I think that's a and I'm not saying it's um that may be a majority thing.
0: But that's I mean, that's what's that's what's wrong with the argument. And, you know, do you remember the first episode of Star Trek you ever saw? Because yes. I do. It was let this be our last battlefield with the Joker painted half black and half white. And I went, oh, no, this is awful. Half, half white and half black. Oh, I always get that confused. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The other guy was half black and half white. Right, right, right. I get it. So I'm watching Frank Gorshin swanning around, dressed up like the in-betweener, and I say to myself, this show is awful. I don't ever want to watch this again. Right. And a year or so later, it was up, and I was on a Sunday morning, and my grandmother was asleep. So I'm sitting, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, hang on. This Requiem for Methuselah thing, that doesn't have any creepy Frank Gorshins in it. Mm -hmm. And then I started watching them, and I didn't watch them in order. I didn't need to watch them in order. and. You know, when Rodrigo said, Hey, there's this cool show with the guy from the soup. Have you guys watched this? And we both went, Not really. And I, you know, I DVR'd an episode of it by accident and I was like, Oh, well, this is interesting. And then I DVR'd the next one and I forgot for a while. And then I DVR'd a few of them. And eventually it got to a point where I'm like, Hey, this, this community is a good show. And I watched the rest of season two and then I watched the beginning of season three and I'm like, Okay. But for the most part, though, I mean, community isn't
1: quite that way, is it, Rodrigo? I mean, most of the shows are relatively stand-alone.
3: Yeah, uh, and and that that is true. But you know, in in shows that aren't, you very frequently get a previously on Lost, right? Yeah. nothing happened.
1: <laughs> right, right.
3: Previously we, on Law and Order, doink doink.
1: We, Jerked you for an hour with no happy ending. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, no, um, bad. That's, that's how lost was. I'm sorry. Oh no, and that ultimate, and, jokes. you know that uh, that uh, you know. Uh, <coughs> I, I think if, and today I don't think people are committed. I don't think enough people are committed to investing that time into, mm. well, uh, learning about it. Whether it be a comic book, whether it be a book series, whether it be whatever.
3: And um, I think you I think you're hitting it on the nose right there. It's not that people aren't willing to commit to something. It's that now there's so much more to commit there, to. There are mm-hmm. so many
0: more things to choose from that right. Saturday morning TV mm-hmm. is no longer a viable option. Right. And I think that that's, you know, that's what kind of we're getting into is people have the ability to go on the Hulu or the Netflix or the Framistat and say, you know what I want to see? I want to see Gem and the Holograms, and then yeah. your daughter will go, "Hey, this is wonderful, and I want to watch it every night." Well, and, and that, like, you oh, know
1: God. what? And and that's what's kind of yeah, that's too bad. I say the same thing with my son and his uh, sudden uh, interest in Power Rangers. Um, hey, Power Rangers! You know, is better that than that, show, that is well. I would agree with you there, especially the Amy Jo Johnson's uh, run. Um, I would agree with you that having that immediate access to everything is very helpful because I'm now to the point where I'm almost waiting for a series to end so I can start it, um, <laughs> because now, I think I think Justified's in its last season, as I use that for an example, but I know enough about it that people have been talking about it. It's like, yeah, let me go back, and I can start watching it from the beginning. Because I know how it and ends. And I don't have to – well, no, it's not that I know you're how a, it ends. You're a I television don't have to trade wait. waiter. I don't have to wait. Yes, kind of, uh, in a sense. I don't have to wait – Uh, to find out what happens next. I can just spend another hour watching it. Um, and it, and it seems that, you know, there's a, especially if something has a natural ending, um, I'm a little bit more satisfied with watching what's come before because it's not like it, it just abruptly ended in the middle of the storyline. And then I never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, It's like British television.
3: Yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. Go.
1: Where you're on
0: these little, yeah, these these series. Doctor right. Who is kind of that way, uh, but not even a little bit. Doctor- <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, eighteen episodes, seventeen episodes right. of The Prisoner, or twenty right. episodes of Red Dwarf, or right. fifty-nine right. episodes of Monty Python's Flying Circus. You can go, okay, this is finite. But because I can get of into that, this and love it and know where it ends. Yes. But
1: because of that, because we've gotten into this immediacy now, jumping into the middle of something, especially something that's not as easy to go back and get the back issues of now, obviously digital can change that. Um, uh, maybe another barrier, Rodrigo.
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, because, you know, if I sit down and I'm like, Oh, I know people have been talking up this show, the game of the Thrones. Okay. I'm going to go check it out. So I sit down and I look it up and I'm like, Oh, it is a bazillion dollars on iTunes and it exists right. nowhere else that I can get it right. legally. You know, cause that- Certainly try to get it legally. And I'm like, "Mm, you know what? I'm going to instead just go rewatch the same episodes of 30 Rock that I've already seen Mm because I like them and Mm because I'm not willing to spend the money right now. You know, all of Mm -hmm. those things can be little barriers. Right. And, you know, in we as as consumers make all these little decisions, you know, is this worth spending money on? Is this worth exp- exposing my computer to a thousand viruses? Is this worth, um, you know, am I just comfortable watching, you know, am I going to be able to watch this frequently enough that I can catch it in the window where Hulu has it for free without me having to get Hulu Plus? <laughs> um, can I just get Netflix and be happy with whatever Netflix happens to have, which is, you know, plenty. Right. Um.
0: Of crap. Oh, sorry.
3: Well, and it certainly does have plenty of crap, but it also has some good stuff. I mean, that's the thing is Netflix. Netflix catalog is pretty, pretty expansive. And, you know, the other the
1: thing is. i watching Power Rangers.
3: When do you need to have it? Do you need to have it right now? Then you're probably going to have to either shell out money for it or pay attention to when mm-hmm. it comes out.
1: Well, and that was, to be quite honest, Um, with uh, Bin 10, which I think is still a, a wonderful series. Um, We jumped into, I think we got started around the fourth season Mm. and we were just picking it up on and off. And there would be recurring characters that were like, I have no idea what this is about or what this is referring to. But they were still contained enough to where you understood um, what was going on in, in each episode. But I think you get a better appreciation when you are able to go back and start from season one, episode one and see that character development.
3: That's true. And actually that brings up an interesting point that that really once again came to my attention because um, um the 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 biggest culprit of this I think is Fox. Yes. of mixing an episodes like uh like the episode count into yep. a run to yep. where they will air later episodes earlier and things will mm-hmm. be preempted and things like that. Yep. Um, I fly. recently got into the Finder, right? It's this, uh, it's this thing about this guy who is really offbeat. He's an offbeat guy and My- Michael Clark right. Duncan tries to keep him under control. And, uh, it's the latest out,
0: iteration of the house, uh, phenomenon.
3: Uh eh, not really. He's not really a jerk. Well, he, I guess he's kind of a iconoclastic guy, but yeah. Uh, there's sure.
1: monk. Is it like monk?
3: It's I, I would say it's more like monk. Um. Anyway, the. Uh. So, I've been watching the episodes, and I remember watching an episode where um two of the characters start arguing, and I was like, "Well, this is poor writing," because those two characters really had a breakthrough in the last episode. Right. And then this last episode that I saw those two characters meet and I'm uh, like, Oh, these shows are out of order. Well, that sucks. Fox, they do yeah, that a I, lot. Yeah, absolutely. so, you know, I mean, that's another thing is now. So as somebody who is more or less keeping up with the show, it makes me not want to keep up with the show anymore Wait until it's all out and then watch it in order because the order is important.
1: And that's why uh, when Firefly Mm -hmm. was being screwed up uh, at at Fox, uh, I just waited until it came out on DVD and then I watched them in the order that they were supposed to be released. And it was a much more satisfying experience. Oh, sure. I know. Trade waiter. Trade waiter. Yep. You're that
0: guy. Don't be that guy.
1: So, likes that listener, the answer to your question is a little bit more complicated than I think you were hoping for, but hopefully you got a little bit more of an answer than what you thought you would get. Which brings us to the last topic, Rodrigo. <laughs> Why she does not have a nose. Right, so... Last issue we reviewed, Courtney Crumlin in the hey, Night Flames. Courtney Crumwin
0: in the Temple of Doom. And she has no nose. That's right.
3: Um... Courtney Crumran has no nose. Everyone else that she lives doo-dah,
0: with. Do da do da. Courtney Crumran has no nose. oh dee doo da
3: Everyone else in her town has a nose. All the adults have noses. All the kids have noses. All of the monsters have noses even. But she does not. And I don't know precisely why she doesn't have a nose, but I have a theory. Okay. And this theory is a theory that I've been working on for a while, and I am I,
1: specifically about Courtney. Uh
3: No, this is this is a wider theory.
1: Oh, okay. And right. and I Laid think on us, I'm, I'm
3: I'm talking about Courtney here because I think this is me trying to uh, backwards engineer what happened to Courtney um through this theory that I've been working on, largely based on PBS shows, because those are the shows that I have the most. But <laughs> I'll, I'll get into why PBS shows here in a little bit. But I call this theory universe expansion dissonance. And what that means is a creator will create some part of a work of fiction. And then they will begin expanding that work. And as they do... Um, they realize that some of the things that they had originally created are unmanageable or they don't like them anymore or their art style right. changes. The writing style changes. The tone of the work changes. Right. And so as the world expands more and more and more has this new style, but the core of the world, the original characters, the original stories, the original town, whatever it is, still has that old aesthetic that nothing else has and it's not really on purpose. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I use PBS shows to support this theory is because a lot of the shows on PBS, a lot of the shows that come from uh now I've forgotten the call the call letters, Boston.
0: Yeah,
1: um, WGBH.
3: WGBH, W-G-B-H yep, yeah. GBH in Boston. Um are based f- out of children's books. And Mm -hmm. when children's authors write a book, very frequently, they're not thinking that they're going to write a 100-book series. They write the little book that they've always wanted to write. Right. You know, Arthur's first book, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog, The Bernstein Bears, right? Mm -hmm. Those -hmm. are three prime examples. But then they get successful and the world expands and the characters have... Like, the world around them changes to support more and more complex stories, but the characters remain the same. Mm -hmm. The Bernstein Bears are a great example. The Bernstein Bears call each other Ma, Pa, Brother, and Sister. sister. Right. But all the other bears have actual names. And all the other bears also call them Ma, Pa, Brother, and Sister. Yeah. And it's... You know, if you're approaching this from the outside, it's really weird, but it's because in the world of the Bernstein bears, originally there were only four characters and the only thing that mattered was the relationship between those four characters. Now that has oh. expanded, but they can't go back and change their names or give them names. I mean, they could, mm-hmm. but the audience might not have it. They're also the only bears that live in a tree. All the other characters live in houses, which just makes the Bernstein bears look like these <laughs> awful backward hicks. Well, they are. They're and... hillbillies. Have you looked at Pa's trousers? No, exactly. It's hat. like all the other bears dress normally, whereas originally, you know, they were meant to be a cute little, uh, you know, uh, play on, you know, that uh, that idyllic America. Mm hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But
3: but, yeah, but as the world expands and, you know, most of these kids that are watching this are going to be urban and suburban, you start getting into this stuff and like the Bernstein Bears seem very out of place in their own universe. Mm -hmm. I've talked about Clifford the Big Red Dog before, how Mm -hmm. Clifford is the only character in that show that has whites in his eyes.
0: Yeah. And he hates everything. He's like, I don't know, streaky. I don't think this is a good
3: idea. Now that's Crypto the Superdog.
0: <laughs> What's the difference between Crypto the Superdog and Clifford the Giant Dog? Um, oh. now I'm confused.
3: Yeah. Aren't they uh, both
0: voiced they, by John Ritter?
3: Uh, they're both, they're both voiced <laughs> by <Ritter>. Tom Brokaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the latest news from Israel.
3: Israel. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's the same thing. In fact, so much so that when they do a spin-off of it, Clifford's Puppy Days, you know, a prequel to Clifford the Big Red Dog, Clifford, little tiny puppy Clifford, has dots for eyes like everyone else, even oh, no. though he will grow up to have whites in his eyes, right? Yeah. Universe expansion. You may expansion be thinking a little too
0: much about the whites of Clifford's
3: eyes. Universe expansion dissonance. There's right. design factors, there are story factors, there are themes that cannot expand along with the universe. And so they're either done away with or right. they're changed or they are swept under the rug, or they are kept as a weird anachronism of the original thing. So my theory is is that um, the author of the Courtney Crumran books, when you know, ten, twenty years ago, designed the character of Courtney Cr- Crumran, You know, in as a sketch, and it's like, oh, here's this cute thing. And Mm -hmm. back in that in those days, he didn't draw people with noses. You know, if you're an artist, um, or if you sketch and you draw a lot, you go through faces. You know, where characters have really big hands, or they all have pot bellies, or you know, they're just these things that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But then once the work starts getting published, and he starts doing all this other stuff, you know, he starts designing characters that are more complex. Um, he need, you need to be able to tell a mob of 10 kids apart from each other and adding noses to them makes that a lot easier. So as the universe of Courtney Crumren expands, other people have noses, even though she, the originator character of this universe doesn't. That is my theory ah. as to why Courtney Crumren doesn't have a nose, which is pretty oh. awesome.
1: Uh, thanks. Should, should this bother, should this bother me more or less than it does?
0: It should Um, bother you considerably less than it does. (laughs) And here's why. Oh, go ahead. Batman doesn't have a nose. When he's in costume, no, when he's in costume, he doesn't have a nose. The best he has is that Adam West line in the middle of his face. I mean, there are a number of characters in shows that you love who have this exact same issue. Uh, Peanuts, for instance. If you look at Peanuts, everybody is hydrocephalic and their hair is extremely scary. If you, I mean, if you but look at, at the things, but at least they're consistent, right? No,
1: they're, they're not in that way. They are not. Yes, not everybody has a Linus lumpy head, but that's because his mom didn't make him wear the the bike helmet when she took him out for a ride. Yeah, that's,
0: that's his little brother. But they brother. all
1: have uh, the no. Linus has a lumpy head. Actually, his brother, what's his, his name, Leroy? Rerun. He,
0: rerun. He also has a lumpy head. head. Yeah. He's the one who rides on the back of <laughs> the bike. The mom would have learned yeah. the first time.
3: The Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons are a great example of this. They are. Bart, Lisa, Lisa and Maggie and that one weird kid, that that pink skin kid yeah. are oh, the only characters who have spikes for hair and no right. interface between their face and their hair.
2: Right.
3: All the other characters as the series expanded have hair because you know, for any number of reasons. Series expanded, and it's yep. kind of part a big part of it is design space. You run out of design Uh, like legitimate designs when you don't have a hair in her when you can't use hair Mm -hmm. you run out of space
0: interesting
1: she has no nose right and And it's still creepy you know
3: I, i do i think that you should be less hung up on it Maybe. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this is legitimate. I mean, clearly, I get hung up on stuff like that. Most people gloss over it, I think. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you would have executives being like, well, why does everybody have dotty eyes and Clifford has, you know, whites in his eyes, right? Nobody right. cares, right. except for me. I don't right. think anybody
0: um, notices except
3: for you. It's it's entirely possible. Well, there's a well, couple other people who notice because a, a couple other people have also helped me to work out this theory. Um. So they've, they've caught it too. Uh, George, one of our writers for major spoilers, uh, he mm-hmm. used to work at the same PBS station that I work at now. And oh, we used to sit exciting. around and talk about how weird some of the character designs in Arthur were. And, you know, to me, it seems that at some point the guy who draws Arthur got into drawing human nos- noses on animals. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there is a batch of characters. That don't have little triangle noses for the dogs and the bears and the cats, but have actual human, like, you know, bridge and bulb noses.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know bridge if and- they, if there was if there was even just one other character. Mm-hmm. in this series who had that same nose sure. if, or lack of nose.
3: If it's all the kids who didn't have noses or if it's all yes. the white kids who didn't have noses or if every once in a while you encountered a character who didn't have a nose. Yeah, I, I can see that.
1: But it's the fact that
0: everybody else has a nose. Mm-hmm. Some people, me. but some people would say that, you know, the visual dissimilarity also calls well, it, it, courtney it, it, out and yeah calls her out separates different... her mm-hmm. yeah it separates her visually the way her character mm-hmm. is separated metaphorically mm-hmm. yeah and the yeah, thing about no, arthur right. is i mean you cannot make fun oh. of the late dudley moore's nose rodrigo that is not cool Sorry. he was british and their faces look like that
1: <laughs> and on that note as the negative heat hate email rolls in we leave you <laughs> yes
3: the dudley moore camp is going to flame up <laughs> you bastards! we hey,
0: love dudley the, moore
3: we have been contacted by people's estates before when we bring them up so yes. i'm just saying
1: Yes, uh, Deadly Moore's family, please. We say it in just and love. And for the rest of you, if you would like to win a copy of The Art of Amanda uh, Connor, the Hardbound Collection, all you need to do is go over to Majorspoilers.com, look for the question of the day. Yes, each and every day we have a question of the day. And you want to look for the one from Wednesday, May 2nd, 2012. You want to uh, answer that question, and the best one will receive a copy of this book. Next time on the show. We're going to be taking a look at uh, the young adult series, Howard Lovecraft and the Undersea Kingdom. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers dot com. Visit Majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Majorspoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash
3: Majorspoilers.
2: If I x-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through, plus as soon as the comic book store got here, my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Away. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm a star-ravin' like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle place. With a gang throwing soldier What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is
1: copyright 2012.